you a fan of this podcast? Do you wish there was even more juicy content for you to sink your ears into? Well, there is. You can become a premium member of this podcast for $5.99 a month and get full access to an archive of over 50 bonus episodes. Additionally, we release a bonus episode every single month. That's a ton of extra content, including my personal interior design diaries, extra tips, my talking about trends, and so much more. Additionally, you'll be keeping us on the airwaves each and every week because your premium membership money goes directly back to making this podcast amazing. Check us out at affordableinteriordesign.com. Click on podcast to learn more and to become a premium member today. need a high-end designer or a lot of money to get a luxe look be your own interior designer with big design small budget here's your host betsy helmuth before we start today's episode i want to apologize it has been two long weeks since i have aired an episode of big design small budget and that's not good That's bad. But stuff happens. And the stuff that's happening right now is that Affordable Interior Design is opening our very first storefront in Westchester. We're expanding into having regular classes, throwing design and wine nights, hosting teen birthday parties where teens get to create mood boards for their bedrooms and learn about decorating lockers in a chic, sophisticated, and affordable way. So we're trying new things. We're also opening up retail options, which is really new for us. In other words, every season I'm going to have about 15 favorite things, and they're not only going to be on sale at my storefront in Dobbs Ferry at 103 Main Street, but they'll also be on sale on our website, affordableinteriordesign.com. So lots has been changing, and I've been so, so very busy. But I sure have missed you guys, and I'm so sorry to be delayed in this airing of this hot topic today, wondering about woods. Because I've had some very special clients and uh, listeners email me with some very difficult questions, and I'm here to answer them. So once again, I apologize. I'm hoping that such a gap in my episodes doesn't happen again. But in case it does, do know, dear listeners, that there's probably a very good reason. But I'm back with Gusto and can't wait to share my tips with you. So let's launch in today. Let's get started with wondering about woods. So whether you're shopping for a dresser, a nightstand, or a dining table, my clients have a lot of questions about what texture, what type of wood they should be looking for. And guys, believe it or not, it's not that complicated. Let me first start by telling you the type of wood you should not be looking for. The type of wood you should not be looking for is solid wood. A lot of my clients, and keep in mind my clients are people who come to me while working on a budget, but my clients tell me, Betsy, I'd really like to use 100% solid wood. I just know it'll be great quality, I know it'll be long-lasting, and I don't want to get mixed up with particle board or MDF or any of those wood derivatives. 
And my question for them is, really? Really? Are you sure you want to use real, 100% solid wood? Here are my hesitations. First of all, 100% solid wood is quite expensive typically. There are very few vendors that sell it, even at high-end stores. And when you do find it, not only is your selection limited and the price point high, I also find that it can be difficult to live with. Not only is it typically not treated with like a hardy stain or hardy veneer that would really keep condensation rings and coloring marks and scooter dings from showing and sinking in, but also it can just be very, very expensive. So I find that frequently it's soft. For instance, if I'm writing a note on a piece of paper with a pen, sometimes that writing can go through. I find it's just not that easy to live with. And between that and having fewer selections and higher price points, I'm just not a huge fan of solid wood. So that being said, I do not poo-poo pressed wood, veneer, particle board, MDF. All of these things have their place and typically they can be much more durable and long-lasting than our old friend solid wood. So before we launch in, now that we've got our texture of wood and we're no longer poo-pooing wood derivatives, let's talk about wood tones. So you'll hear me referencing these later in the podcast, so I want to set our definitions right now. The first definition is dark wood. So dark woods are woods like espresso, cappuccino, at Ikea they call their dark wood lined black-brown. Here are my thoughts about dark woods. Those dark, blackish type stained woods are kind of dated. They were big back in the early 2000s and certainly in the 90s, but now, even though there's a very wide selection, most people find them just too dark for their tastes. Additionally, they show a lot of imperfections. So if it does get a scratch or a ding, oftentimes it can show quite easily because the MDF or particle board that's under that chocolate layer is typically light in tone. So even though it's still widely out there, past its prime, but widely out there, and even though it's quite easy to match because there is such a large selection and affordable price points, I just typically find it doesn't appeal to contemporary clients because it makes their rooms feel too heavy, too dark. So now let's talk about its polar opposite, light woods. When I'm referring to light woods, I'm talking about birch, beach. At Ikea, they call their light wood line birch. They also have a light stained walnut, which I consider a light wood. Now, unless you're buying this light colored wood at a high-end store, like Ligne Rose, Bow Concept, or Design Within Reach, all which utilize birch, Oh, and Blue Dot, I like their light wood line too. But they utilize a type of light wood that I think looks sophisticated. However, it comes with a hefty, hefty price tag. And when you're buying light woods at affordable vendors like Overstock or Ikea or Wayfair, you'll find that they just don't look very luxe. So I think light woods don't look luxe unless they're expensive. Try saying that five times fast. So I really don't typically use them. I also find that they're a little bit dated. 
So they were really big back in the mid-century modern times. It's a very Scandinavian look, but it really doesn't translate here because there's not a wide selection of sophisticated light-looking woods unless you're shopping at those really expensive stores that I mentioned before that tend to skew very modern and sometimes a little bit sterile. So my most favorite wood to work with right now is walnut. Walnut is also known as brown wood. That's what they call it at Ikea. Brown. Very exciting name. Or acorn at West Elm. And more often than not when you're just Googling around, just type in walnut. So it's a mid-tone wood and it tends to have a warmer finish like a milk chocolate, not like a dark chocolate from the dark type woods. And I just really love how well it works with other mid-tone woods. And I want you to keep this in mind when shopping for woods, is that they don't have to match exactly. You don't have to buy exclusively espresso woods if you're looking at dark woods. You can buy from a variety of types, like the black brown from Ikea, espresso from Overstock, and cappuccino from Crate and Barrel. And when you're shopping for mid-tone woods, you can make it a mix as well, because mid-tone woods often have varying degrees of brownness. In other words, some skew a little bit reddish, some skew a little bit ashy, but it's that mid-tone color way that we're looking at. And I do find that it's quite versatile. It can look more traditional in some spaces, more transitional. It can certainly look modern, and it definitely looks mid-century, depending on the style that you're choosing. So I just am really loving this mid-tone wood because I'm seeing more and more of it in stores, no matter my customer's style point of view. So that's the one I'm really digging right now. And then, of course, we have rustic woods. So I'm sure you all read my newsletter, right? Are you guys signed up for my newsletter? If not, you should be. Go to affordableinteriordesign.com and sign up right away. But you'll know that for 2016, I am not a huge fan of rustic woods. Now, rustic woods are woods that look very untreated. It looks like maybe it was just ripped off of a barn in Vermont and placed in front of you as a dining table. It looks like it was just sawed down and not sanded and put next to your couch as a side table. Typically, it's got imperfections. Typically, it's not smooth. Sometimes it'll give you splinters. And sometimes it's not even stained. Or if it is stained, the wood grain is quite apparent. My issue with rustic woods is I just think they're very trendy. I think that whole farmhouse slab dining table where you put your elbows on it and you can see the nail holes just isn't something that's sustainable. And not sustainable environmentally, because certainly it is environmentally sustainable. But I mean practically sustainable. I mean, if my kids spill spaghetti sauce on an untreated rustic wood table, it's going to stain. Additionally, how am I going to get spaghetti sauce out of that uneven surface? Ugh. And I seriously, as I was unpacking a West Elm rustic dining table the other day, got a splinter. Like, that's uncool, and that is just not sustainable for my lifestyle. So I just think that it's a really trendy look. It doesn't feel very sophisticated most of the time in my point of view, and I just think here today, gone tomorrow, and there's very good reason, because I am tired of needing Band-Aids when I unpack furniture. So now let's get to some listener questions because my dear friend and loyal fan, Evia, has some questions for us. And now it's time for a quick commercial break. 
Do you love this podcast? Do you wish you could learn even more? Well, we have an online class bundle. Our online class bundle is comprised of three online classes, Beautifying Your Home for Less, Styling Your Home, and the Fundamentals of Feng Shui. Each one of those three classes is between 30 and 45 minutes long and chock-filled with visuals and tips, things that will help you to style your own space or help out with other spaces. Additionally, with the pack of three classes, you get an autographed copy of my book, Affordable Interior Design. You get all of that for only $99. Once again, that's the three online classes as well as the book for only $99. You just go to affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes. Once again, affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes to buy your bundle today. And if one of those classes sounded intriguing, but maybe you already have my book or some of the other topics are not of interest, you can buy the classes individually at that site as well. Each class is $40. So head over to affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes to get your bundle or your online class today. Hi, Betsy. I have a question. If you have a big loft space, um, basically all white, um, how do you mix and match woods? Can you do a walnut and a black wood combination or maybe some bleached wood or reclaimed wood? Um, we're having a few different areas in the big loft apartment, like, you know, kitchen and then living room um, and the dining area. And we were wondering if all of them had to match or we could choose, you know, like black and white colors for the dining room and maybe more walnuty, earthy wood colors for the living room. So Avia, first of all, congratulations on your lovely new loft. I saw the pictures on Facebook and it looks like a stunner. Now, if you've read my book, and I'm sure you have, you'll know that when shopping for woods, I have a very strong feeling. My strong feeling is that you should stay in the same family of woods. So for instance, you should buy all dark woods, all mid-tone woods, all light woods, or all rustic type woods. I am not a fan of mixing and matching the woods. Now here's the reason why. Buying only one family of woods, dark, medium, light, rustic, keeps things so easy and you know it's going to go together nicely. Mixing and matching woods, in other words, having some dark pieces mixed next to some rustic pieces and throw in some birch for good measure, is something that is a very eclectic look. And very eclectic looks are best managed by someone with that mystical eye for design. In other words, a professional. If you want to totally mix it up and buy things that wouldn't naturally go together and create this sort of hodgepodge that feels amazingly curated, you need an amazing eye. You need, in my opinion, professional guidance. So if you don't want to spend money for professional guidance, and I don't think you should have to, follow my simple and easy to use rule. Only dark woods, only mid-tone woods, only light woods. Because that hodgepodge of different woods can either look so sophisticated and so difficult to achieve that it's amazing, or it can look like you went to a lot of different garage sales and just wound up buying a mishmash of weird different things. So you're just treading in a... What are, what are you treading in? <laughs> oh my goodness, my water analogies aren't really working today. But do you know why I just came up with a water analogy? 
I just have to say something because I am awash with gratitude right now. So it's really snowing outside and I've decided it's one of the coldest days of the year. I'm going to work from home. I'm going to podcast from home and I am looking out over the Hudson River and it is making me emotional. (sighs) This view is out of control and I am looking at these murky (laughs) waters that I'm thankfully not treading in and I just need to think real quickly to take a moment of gratitude and just say wherever you're working, wherever you're living, just be thankful for your little home. It's holding me so cozily. It's giving me this beautiful view. I'm so warm and tucked inside. And that's really the reason I do this job is to feel that feeling, to come home and feel, ah, gratitude. Anyway, sorry for the um, tangent, but I was treading in waters and Feeling grateful. All right, Eric, you have a question. Evie, I hope that helped with yours. So, Eric, on to your question. Betsy, I love the show. Do the wood furniture pieces I buy need to match the wood floors and wood trim in my home? So the answer is, Eric, no. I do not feel like your furniture needs to match the wood in your home. For instance, if you have very light wood floors, I don't feel like you need to buy all very light wood furniture. However, I do think that the other architectural elements you add to the space, for instance, if you're going to add wood blinds, I do think that they need to coordinate with the existing woods in the house. So if your floors are that light wood, when you're shopping for those blinds, I do feel like you need to add light wood blinds because that's an architectural feature, not a furniture piece. Additionally, when you're thinking about your kitchen cabinets or bathroom vanity cabinets, it doesn't have to match the floors or the trim in your space, but you want to consider it. So if I had very light wood floors that extended into my kitchen, I would either go for similar toned cabinetry or I'd go for something completely different in terms of a painted wood or a stained wood that has a color and really avoid doing like a dark wood or mid-tone wood that ultimately would be a completely different color family from the floors. Now, when you're choosing your furniture, again, you'll go back to Evia's answer in which I said that you should really stick with all dark woods, all mid-tone woods, all light woods, or all rustic woods in order to keep that cohesive look that's just really easy to work with, that's a no-brainer. Now, Evia was talking about living in a loft space where maybe the living room is not visible from the bedroom. So if the two rooms are not visible, I'm fine with you using different wood tones. For instance, if you already have a dark wood bed and dark wood dresser in your li- in your bedroom, excuse me, then you can keep going in that direction there, even if you're using mid-tone woods in your living and dining room. So just to make that clear, if the two spaces don't look on to each other, I'm fine going in a different direction with the wood tones. But if you're starting from scratch, if you have the opportunity to make all new choices, I tend to keep it consistent throughout. So I hope that was helpful, guys. I hope that answers your wood questions. And now I'm ready to share with you, instead of TMI today, since I already TMI'd with my little emotional tangent about my home, <laughs> let's instead do a design secret. Shh. Design secret. So here is my little design secret, which you heard me quickly talk about with Eric's answer. But 
When you are using woods in a space, sometimes it can feel overwhelming. I walk into a lot of apartments and homes and it feels like a wood factory, like everything is made of wood or has a visible wood grain or visible wood tone and it's almost oppressive. It's like log cabin chic or something and most of my clients are not in a log cabin. So we need to break it up. But a lot of pieces like dressers, nightstands, end tables, dining tables are just wood. However, the best and fastest way to break up the wood factory is to buy painted wood. Painted wood does not count as a wood tone as long as there's no visible wood grain. So in other words, if I squint or if I'm standing back from the piece and it doesn't show a grain, then it doesn't actually count as a wood if it's painted. If it's painted white, red, blue, gray, it doesn't count as a wood element, it counts as a gray element. It doesn't count as a wood element, it counts as a white element. So as long as there's no visible wood grain, in other words, it's not just a stain, it's a true paint, then I say go for it and feel free to mix it with those wood tones without following any specific rules. So hopefully that helped. Hopefully you've gained clarity when you're shopping for these woods. I can't believe I didn't do a wood episode sooner. Everybody has so many wood questions and I have so many wood answers. Until next time, thanks so much everyone. Bye. You've asked for it and we have answered the call. For years you've been saying, Betsy, You're talking about all these great design concepts, but we can't visualize them. You're describing the picture that the listener sent in of their problem, and we wish we could see that picture too. After all, a picture is worth a thousand words, and I do my best to describe them, but there's nothing like seeing it for yourself. And that's why Affordable Interior Design, the podcast, now has a YouTube channel. Not only do we have a YouTube channel where you could see recordings and clips of these podcast episodes, we also have an Instagram, a Facebook, and so many other exciting things. You should check it out. Head over to affordableinteriordesign.com slash links. Once again, affordableinteriordesign.com slash L-I-N-K-S links. And when you go there, you will see links to our YouTube page, our Instagram page, our Facebook page, and more. Please check it out, follow and subscribe so you can see everything I'm talking about. A big thank you to our amazing producer, Catherine Heller, to Aton and the MBCR House Band, and to Affordable Interior Design, the sponsor of this podcast and the premier place to get an amazing look on a budget. Check out affordableinteriordesign.com. If you guys love the show, the very best way to support us is by spreading the word. Tell your friends or write us an awesome review on iTunes. So until next week, guys, thanks so much for joining us, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.